Hello, this is Elizabeth Mower, president of BEI. And I'm John Brown, the founder of BEI. Each episode, we take you into the world of exit planning, sharing the stories, struggles, and opportunities of business owners and their advisors. We'll get into this episode's conversation right after this. Gain the insight and knowledge that thousands of business owners and their advisors have used to plan for the future. The BEI membership equips you with the proven process that enables owners to exit their business on their terms. Learn how to approach the subject with your clients and work successfully with other exit planners. Receive access to video overviews, comprehensive articles, case studies, and much more. Cement your position as the trusted advisor to your most successful clients. Get started today by visiting exitplanning.com forward slash membership. That's exitplanning.com forward slash membership. I am very pleased to talk with a longtime friend, a longtime BEI member, a longtime exit planner, Mark Flanagan from the lovely town of Lubbock, Texas. Thank you, John. That I visited more than once, right? More than it's, once. it's really a lot you, of fun. You've been there. That's right. And I do have to talk one quick story on that and going into flying into Lubbock for the first time. Oh, gosh. Which is as flat as a pancake, first <laughs> of all. It is. So I'm fly, coming down for a landing at the Lubbock Airport, and I look at these fields, and there's these big, puffy, white things all over the place. I thought, what in the heck is that? Money, money, money. Yeah, you would call it money. Call the it rest money. of us would call it cotton. Yeah. I'd never seen a cotton plant before. <laughs> you don't get yeah. that in Colorado. No, you know? no. You, your stuff comes from the sky or grows <laughs> up from the ground. Yeah. So tell me about, you know, part of what we want to talk about is how do we get the attention of business owners uh, to engage in exit planning soon enough? Because one of the problems mm-hmm. is, and you've seen this a million Always. times, Owners ready, finally ready to exit plan, and there's not enough time to do the planning because they want out too soon. They wait too long, and a lot of it's because I don't think they realize they could do a lot of planning to improve the business or how long that planning might take. So when I start looking at you know how to get the attention of these advisors, you've got uh, an, a nice way of doing that through the PNC firm. Yes. So talk to us about what what I just said. What does that mean? How do you work with? Why does the PNC firm want to work with you? Why do you want to work with them? How does that relationship work? And what's going on with all of that? Well, in the PNC business, and I actually got into the insurance agency through a PNC firm as a partner in a PNC firm back in the '80s, and so I started in that business. So I have a good working knowledge yeah. of it, and I've owned two agencies over my career, right. and so. Uh, and so I got, so I know the PNC agencies in my area intimately well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think PNC agencies, uh, like a lot of people, they are in the midst of a merger and acquisition. Uh, uh, no doubt. Whatever you want to call Big it. Big consolidation. Tsunami. Big, huge. Uh, I think the last statistic I read, uh, one of the, uh, Marsh Berry is a consultant in that business. And when I met with them in 2014, they said by 2024, so in 10 years, there'd be 50% of the independent agencies in the country, 50% fewer agencies because the mergers and acquisitions is going so fast. So they're all growing. The little the locally owned PNC agency uh, is now going the way of the, of the small private bookstore. Yeah. Barnes & Noble's gobbling them up. Mm-hmm. So I've aligned myself with the Barnes & Noble. Uh, they're a big agency in, in my part of town that I competed with 
when I got into the business in the 80s. Mm-hmm. We stayed friendly competitors all that time with mutual value systems. Um, we took clients from each other every so often, but never in a nefarious way and always in a way that, that uh, you know, it was just we didn't have a particular market, but it was never something that burned a bridge. Uh, they've got a great model. They're in the top 25% of agencies in the country. And so, like everybody else, though, mm-hmm. they're commoditized in what they do. And so this particular agency, and this is what I would tell anybody looking for a partner like this, they spend a lot of time, money, and effort on bringing added value to their commercial client base. They call it their stewardship program. Hmm. And so when I, uh, I still have a book of business from the PNC years. Some of my clients go back to the 80s, some large commercial accounts. And so I broker that through them, but they then now broker all of their life insurance through me when we struck this deal. Uh, I gave them a better opportunity there, a little bit better financially and much better service-wise. And, um, and then I started introducing the exit planning yeah. topic. Because I was going to say, life insurance is commoditized too. So mm-hmm. you just going in and now being a life insurance advisor doesn't differentiate them from everybody else. No, so it had not to at all. be something else. <clears throat> not at all. It was the exit planning. But they didn't have an in-house life insurance guy. They were brokering that through, again, through a, a local national company. Uh, and so when I agreed to, to, I was really just renting an office there in my new office I rented from them um, and just brokering my PNC business. And they agreed to we put an agreement together for them to buy my PNC business when I died or retired. Mm-hmm. And so that was important. Uh, and then that one conversation led to, well, what are you doing on life insurance? And they weren't happy with the relationship they had. They knew and trusted me. Mm-hmm. So that was step two. They said, well, let's just, let's just broker our life insurance through you. And then step three was the exit planning, which in the back of my mind was always the golden fleece. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we started talking about exit planning and I presented it to their partner group, they quickly identified it as, again, another added value tool, tool for their commercial clients. Um, and when I say this agency spends a lot of money, they, do, they spend a lot of money on this program to bring the added value to their clients so they're not commoditized. So mm-hmm. if you go down the street and leave because there's another, uh, you save 7% on your PNC renewals this year, you're not gonna have access to all these other things that you can use for no charge that are very valuable and most clients tap into these things once or twice a year. So now the exit planning brochure, my BEI, Trifold Exit mm-hmm, Planning, mm-hmm. have you ever thought about getting out of your business? That I've customized, which you like, mm-hmm. um, that's in their stewardship folder. And so now it's part of their stewardship program. And uh, I pay them, split the fees with them, I give them 20% of the exit planning fee, because they can do that, and um, which is, I found a fair deal for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how that's set up. And it's all about the added value that they had already recognized. They just saw this as when anybody hears the exit planning story and what it's all about and the process mm-hmm. that's involved, it's, you know, people catch on right away. So, so that's, so the exit planning that you do, right. it's done under their banner. So no, it's not. It's, it's yours. It's done. I'm, I'm not an employee. Right. Um, um, that's a good question. It's. I'm on their I'm on their website, but it's as, as Omega Seven, which is my exit planning DBA, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, it's part of their. It's it's no more than the lawyer they have in Houston, who's a human resources lawyer, 
mm-hmm. that if you're a commercial client of theirs and you have a, a uh, an incident mm-hmm. on a day between an employee and a manager, you can have a you can call your number when you use your password to get in and have free consultation, what I call a triage mm-hmm. meeting with an attorney in Houston that will tell you, well, here's what you need to do as far as next steps to keep this from getting worse. There's a great example. Oh, well, that great. attorney is part of their stewardship program. Yeah. He's not, so he's, it's, it's a service by an outside provider that's part of their agency um, added value stewardship program. So I market it under my name. Um, I've taken it so far as on my business card, on the back of the business card, I have their logos affiliated with. Mm-hmm. So when I'm meeting with their clients, the client knows that, well, um, this is safe because it's still connected to the agency. And, but it's not, uh, so they market it, but they still market it under my name. And so you're bringing, affiliation. That's great. Yeah. And is that, is, is that working well? Yes. And it picks up more steam every few months. We've done, we started this 11 months ago and uh, had three seminars, breakfast and lunch. And um, right now we have probably six clients, which I consider very successful mm-hmm. yeah. from the rate they come in from other sources. But it picks up speed. And, as, and every one that happens, the feedback that the agency gets from the client because of the value that they've gotten out of the planning is, is the word starting to spread to Within other producers. You bet. You bet. So the success stories are are will will lead to more and more referrals. So how would you Mark how would you what would you suggest to an exit planning advisor, BEI member, uh, how how would they want to approach a PNC agency in San Francisco or Denver or Minneapolis whatever? Um, well, they could start with their own PNC agency that they do business with. So everybody's buying policies yeah. for somebody. So I'd start with them, and I'd say if you're, that's a good if, idea. if that's not an agency that you're, if that's not an agency you'd approach, then why are you doing business with with them on a personal basis? Right. Um, I do think you need that the bigger agencies will be doing benefits, mm-hmm. um, and they'll be uh, uh, and they'll be doing a lot of commercial. And the bigger the agency, the more sensitive they're going to be to the added value proposition. Um, sensitive in the way that they they're willing to throw more. money at it. They're willing to pay for that added mm-hmm. value, and 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 reach out and uh, in in my case, I generate revenue for them, um, but some of the other entities they pay for. But um, I think a bit, the bigger the agency, the better. The commercial clients are what you want. An agency that there are agencies in our town that specialize in personal lines. Well, that's not really where you want to go. Right. You want to go with the larger agencies who do the commercial insurance and have a benefits program, and. Uh, uh, and because they'll have the biggest target on their backs, and they'll have the biggest client base as well. So they, so the benefit to the PNC agency is the increased level of service they're able to yes. give to their customer. But does the exit planning process itself also open up opportunities for more PNC coverage and discussions? Certainly, more life insurance. Yeah, almost every single time, and I split that with them as well. So. Um, I've always been very collaborative. I've never had a problem splitting fees, and I've never, I've never been cheap about it. Um, to me, it's all about a continuation of opportunities, not just one big boom. Right, right. Uh, so, yes, the P&C thing, one happened just uh, two weeks ago. Uh, 
the more we started talking about the exit plan and some of the liabilities they had because of how they were raising money for their business, it became abundantly clear to the agent while we're on a conference call with the client and I'm asking questions about their Arizona emissions coverage because of how they're raising capital, I, he starts to take his pen out and start to write notes. He realizes, oh my gosh, we've got a, we've got a problem here. They need directors and officers coverage. Mm -hmm. And he'd never quoted it to them because he didn't think that far down the road yeah. because of the money they're raising for independent from independent third parties. And so, yes, and so, and he's the top producer in the agency. So as he starts to, um, I've already made a, I've already made a Christian out of him, um, and we haven't even done anything to get paid yet. So just the type of questions we ask, yeah. as you know, uncover things. And the one thing that I always do with clients when I get them as an exit planning client or even a prospect. I start with the DOS conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, the Dan Sullivan, their strategic mm -hmm. coach, mm -hmm. the DOS. Uh, I found that's the best so way. So what is the DOS conversation? Dangers, opportunities, and strengths. It's, it's his model on how you create a relationship with somebody you don't know. Mm -hmm. and so you want to talk to the client about the dangers you see in their business? Tell, no, tell, you tell me about what you see in your business. So okay. I'm going to be more interested than interesting. Mm -hmm. I want them to know that... I think differently about, I'm not there to sell a product. I'm there to, to ask them, okay, tell me about your business in terms of the, of the next three years. Pick, pick two years, pick three years. What are, the, what are the dangers that you see facing you in the next three years that could keep you from achieving the goals you want to achieve in your business? Then the next question is, what are the opportunities in your business that you want to take advantage of in the next two or three years? And then the last question is, what are the strengths that you have in the business that you need to take to take advantage of those opportunities or to to develop those what need to be developed to take advantage of the opportunities and mitigate the dangers. So you can split it up any way you want to. I tend to go strengths, opportunities, and dangers because it's a little easier, but mm -hmm. uh, Dan Sullivan calls it the DOS conversation. And when you ask those kind of open-ended questions, the responses you get will be, you'll be surprised and it will tell you a lot about what you've got to do to help that client. Yeah, you know what's interesting is as we do these podcasts with our members, there's a very consistent theme in how we approach a conversation with the business mm -hmm. owner. It's not about, hello, my name's Mark Funnikin. I'm here to talk to you about what I can do for you. Yeah. It's always first, what does the owner want? What does the owner need? What does the owner see that they want and need to do how can i help the owner it's not about me it's about the owner absolutely and then listening to that answer one of the pitfalls that the pnc business has faced for years if you talk about the, the bigger agencies like this one they get coaching all the time and one of the main critiques crit criticisms not of, of an agency is that producers have gone in for years and done virtually no diagnosis of what the client really needs it's what do you have, how can I do a better job of what you have, and along the way I might discover something else. So if you don't have a consultative approach, you're not gonna be a very good exit planner because it is all about diagnosis and consultation and then coming back with the recommendations rather than coming with recommendations first mm -hmm. and hoping they fit the situation. And so beginning to see with the agents, the producers I work with in the PNC agency, they see how I work 
that's more like how they are supposed to be approaching the client as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the consultative approach is just, you've got to have that approach uh, rather than uh, uh, how quickly can I get something sold? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's a long-term play. Well, they want it to be, but I mean, part of the problem with, I think, the PNC world is that it is very price-driven. It is. And, and so then the discussion is about how much less expensive I can get you the same coverage sure. or better coverage. You bet. And you're changing the whole discussion. That first discussion happens every year with every renewal. Yep. And uh, the average... And so, so the customer, if that's all they see, yep. then that, that's an absolute right. It's an absolute commodity. I think in the industry, I, I read that the, the average term a client stays with an agency is eight years on the PNC side. Yeah. But you better be doing some other things, and that's what exit planning represents. Um, as far as, you know, not that they still might not have access to me, but uh, if they leave the agency, but obviously it's a, there at least is some sort of a moat uh, around the, the, uh, that, that client being, being able to be plucked off by a competing agency mm-hmm. because there's no other exit planning person that an agency in town is aligned with. So, so I've done what I've, you know, banks were the target for years, but this agency is a long-term relationship because they're not going to run out of clients. And... So, so that has made your whole job of getting the attention of, ex, of business owners ready for exit planning and engaging them a heck of a lot easier because they're no all there. And no you know question. a fair amount about them just by their relationship with the PNC agency. Mm-hmm. And if they do have a good relationship with the PNC agency, which I suspect which they, do. they do, it just makes your job a lot easier and mm-hmm. then you reinforce the good qualities of the agency back to that client that you're doing exit planning. Absolutely, for. and and likewise, the the feedback the client the agency has gotten from the clients has been uh, really very 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 comforting and very flattering at the same time. Because um, I've always had the approach that again the consultative approach rather than coming in and saying how fast I can sell something. So, so anyway, it's a really it's a great relationship. Um, I think you'd need a good size agency to make it work, um, uh, and most of our, I'm, I'm probably in one of the smaller towns the BEI advisors are in, so if I can find an agency this size, so can everybody else. Sure, that's, that's a good point. Yep, yep. Well, that's great. Anything else? That's the latest. Well, you know what, that whole approach uh, at the end of the day is why we plan. Yep. Thanks for listening. Join us for our next episode. For more content like this, please visit ExitPlanning.com.